signing a lease this weekend. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, I uh, got a, a, a new apartment in Plano. I signed a lease on Tuesday. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. For a house just down the street. It's oh. uh, it's actually just down the street from Bolden, which is cool. Oh, nice. How's your How's your house in Plano? Is it spacious? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit bigger than my apartment here. It's like seven hundred square feet, maybe. Okay. Just just north of it, just just a little bit over it. Yeah. Which house? House. I gotta come see it. It's it's tiny. <laughs> is it? It it might be. I think it's seven hundred and three square feet. Damn, your whole house is the size of my one one apartment. Basically, it was a house built in the nineteen twenties. It's so old that they they can't. You can't build houses in that area anymore because it's technically in the floodplain, the 100-year floodplain. Uh-huh. So all the other houses have been torn down and, like, on that street and, like, built back up for other stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, and uh, but since those were still there, they, they didn't do that. And now they can only be rented out or or lived in. They can't be, like, you know, redone. What? Oh, they can't renovate it either? <clears throat> no, I mean, I think you can, I mean, obviously like within like your own, you could like knock down a wall and do something, but I don't think they can expand it. You can only destroy and it's exactly as it was in the 1920s because yeah. you can't renovate it. It's got a rotary phone and, and like a butler and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with a butler. If you break anything, you can't fix it because they'll know. He's 170 years old. Yeah. They walk in and they're like, this looks yeah. Did you new. Fix this, this looks like it's within the last <laughs> 90 years. <laughs> What is this Don't air you know conditioning? This is in the floodplain. We're just waiting for it to fall apart. <laughs> float down for the, it to, to flood float down yeah. the river. Float down the river, exactly. But I mean, no, I guess that's one way to get cheap rent. Just have a, a terrible threat looming over your existence. Yeah, I mean, so the owner said she's owned it since 2012, and she said it's never flooded. So uh, that's. Well, I feel like I've got 94 not, that's years left. That's not long enough for me to really. <laughs> yeah, they were like. Uh, you can hear it's half the rent for the surrounding houses, but every every so often a, a raging bull <laughs> breaks through the front door and wreaks <laughs> with, havoc with no provocation, like, <laughs> no indication. Yeah. Uh, there's no schedule. It just it just could happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. That would be a lot of fun. I would definitely live in that house, but only right now. I feel like this is a house that I can only live in in my twenties. This is not a house that I could rent in my 30s because of... What's the difference? Are you planning <clears throat> to be vastly different? Uh, I'm, I'm planning on being uh, older and wiser. I feel oh. like this, is, this might be an unwise choice. I'm not well, sure I, I you mean, have a choice we'll, about yeah. that. No, it just turns on like a switch once you turn 30. Mm. <laughs> say, wisdom. Boom. Yeah. It's like an achievement. At 29, you're just sitting there yeah. waiting, just yeah. hoping like, man, I really hope it comes when I turn 30. Yeah. Right now, I feel so stupid. And you just unlock it. Um, Daniel, do you think you'd move into a house since if it was really cheap, if you knew that there had been like a Manson murder there or something? Ooh, like after something horrible had happened in it? Yeah. Yeah, no. I Well, I don't know. I'm not really like super, like incredibly superstitious, but I feel like I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that looming over me. I don't want to risk it, you know? I mean, think, okay, so, I don't know. I mean, in the history of the earth, depending on what your definition of an atrocity is, I'm sure you've been somewhere where atrocities have occurred. Yeah, but I haven't lived there. And you're not possessed or anything. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, like, you could be driving down the highway where something terrible happened, and then, you know, it's, it's, yeah, the spirit, it's, you're not there long enough for the spirit to cling to you and <laughs> possess you. Well, you, you know the Shining lore. Every time uh, someone saw The Shining in theaters, uh, one person from the theater randomly died that night. So, I mean. Dang, yeah, I don't was... believe that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that, that hotel in, uh, in Las Vegas rents out the room that the, that shooter used last year? Oh, God. It was, a, well, it was like a condo, though, right? No, I, it was I a actually. Hotel room. Oh, that's right, because he couldn't. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Never mind. Um, well, I do know that there have been murders <clears throat> in um, in some Vegas hotel rooms, and then they they just lock them. They don't run them out anymore. 
That, at that at least I've heard that. That's, t- that's terrible. I mean, I, I get this is the first time I've ever sympathized with hotel owners. But <laughs> 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 what a bizarre I night. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> so uh. the uh, the the main hotel stay at uh, Yellowstone, the big building. It's like a huge cabin. There's uh, it's room like two seventeen or two thirteen or something. Apparently, like this man murdered his wife and children in it when he was staying at Yellowstone one time. And they have a book about you know all about Yellowstone. It has everything about it or whatever. So we were in the the uh, the gift shop where they sold those books because we were going to be there for dinner, and we were on the wait list. It was like a half an hour wait, and this couple were looking through the book, and they were like, they were, I guess they got to this story, and they're like wow that's a that was that's crazy or whatever you know room 217 what room are we in and the <laughs> no other way. person's like 217 they're like what <laughs> and so they took it to we, and we were just like looking at them but they they took the book to the counter like are, is this a real thing are they talking about here like this place and they're like yeah I'm like 217 like yeah oh you know and they just kind of freaked out <laughs> it was pretty funny that's I mean, our it, room and then the clerk's like yeah you're gonna die yeah <laughs> It's pretty silly, though, right? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I would think about it, but it's a silly thought to have. Sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's preposterous to think that you're actually going to get murdered by a ghost in a hotel room. Yeah, Which, I mean, yeah. yeah, but I don't know. Just kind of. <laughs> see, I don't think I'm gonna get murdered. It's just eerie. Yeah. I don't think I would have a problem staying in that room, but I think that I would think about it. I would think about it. Yeah, of course you. Would. It would cross my mind in the, in the night. Yeah, I would. <laughs> there's I, there's even like a there's I mean I don't know I guess it depends on the person, but there's a bit of fun behind that too, right? It's fun to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you kind of that's why people go see scary movies because they want to be scared. You want to feel something. There. <clears throat> I, I don't guess know. It's normal to to associate a place with a feeling. It's like people won't go back to restaurants that they used to frequent with their ex girlfriend or boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or you know, if people are like, "Well, you ruined this place or thing for me," because, but that's more personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I'd I'd feel a sense of uh, sort of awe and. If I visited somewhere like Auschwitz, you know, I'd be there and it would, I'd probably be imagining it, but I think it would feel. Yeah. People talk about the, like the I, I, internment camps or whatever. I, it's like they're one of the most bleak places on earth. I think my skin would crawl just because I knew that this, it's very, it's just this specific little patch of ground. Yeah. Housed one, housed something <clears throat> terrible once. Something terrible existed here. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. It's heavy. It's kind of scary. Yeah, there's a there's a, a the biggest recording studio in the world in Texas, out towards El Paso. It's called the Sonic Ranch. Have you guys heard about it? No, I only heard about it because a a friend of a friend works there, but uh. <clears throat> basically it's so big because it's a campus there's like seven actual studios and then a bunch of uh condos and like it's like a motel condo kind of setup they put the bands up while they're recording so they don't have to go anywhere because it's kind of like on the middle of the desert you know um but anyways the story goes that some of the places are haunted and this friend of a friend i I guess he's a friend i've only talked to him a handful of times but um was telling me one time about it when he stayed in one of the rooms and it was this big room way bigger than my house is going to be um and it had concrete floors and so everything kind of echoes and like it just it's it's echoey and very hollow sounding and he said that he would constantly hear footsteps and it's just like he's just like fuck this <laughs> and he, he just like decided not to sleep there anymore but like, yeah. It's, well, once you get focused on anything, like I mean, I'm sure we've all been a, trying to go to sleep in the dark and suddenly had a thought that wouldn't leave our mind that yeah. made me look over at the outline of the light around the door mm-hmm. to see if there's a shadow passing through yeah, just yeah. again and again, or 
I have to get up and turn the light on and check the closet or some shit until I feel okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. <clears throat> but yeah, so you're living in a death house, basically. Yeah, of course. Well, you can. <laughs> it, well, not yet. I'll be. The, I'll be the haunting. I'll do the haunting after I. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Flood to is death. if you are planning on being a murderer, <sighs> do it in a high rent neighborhood somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying to give back yeah. to the community. Yeah, do somebody else uh, a favor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's yeah. That would be uh, that would be a generous killing. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Or if you're gonna drown in your house during a flood, mm-hmm. I don't think that's gonna happen. But you should definitely think about it. You should <laughs> you should definitely wear water wings whenever you're home, yeah. sure. just, just in case. You go to bed. Just yeah. strap a life vest to myself, no yeah. matter what. If you're not sleeping with a life vest on when it's raining out, that's just recklessness. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's no way to go. Drowning those, in a house. Get one of those airplane life vests, the ones that whoosh, yeah. <laughs> You could wear oh, it, you could wear it under your shirt and no one would ever know except for the giant red life straw sticking up yeah. out of your out of your neck. Yeah, that'll be that'll be really comfortable. Yeah. <clears throat> and then worst case scenario, you just pull the cord on that thing. Poof. Blowed up like the marshmallow man and yeah, float and to get, safety. They get smushed to the ceiling because the water's <laughs> so high inside the house. I made uh. a mistake. <laughs> uh. Oh man. Yep, it's moving, stressful. It's nice that you guys both found places. Yeah, quickly. <clears throat> I agree. It is very stressful. Ain't done yet. When? What's your moving date? Uh, mine is, so I can start moving in on the 9th. Uh, I don't start working in Dallas until the 18th. And, um, yeah. And I have this apartment that I'm, that I'm in until the 22nd. So it's the first time that I've ever been able to rent two places in two different cities, which is kind of (laughs) an interesting thing to say, but it's also expensive. Oh, good. Sounds glamorous. It's not. No, I mean, you but no, you can say that to somebody. I could. It's like, you're like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know which city to stay in, which home exactly. to go to this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> sort of how if you're looking at somebody's social media, they're only posting about the good stuff generally, you know, the stuff that you'd be jealous about. And you think, wow, this person's life is, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, uh, the phrasing is very important. Instead of saying, I'm being moved by my company because of my poor performance and I have to rent two places. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Say, yeah, I have two apartments in, in the in the Metroplex. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You should put that on your Tinder profile. Thinking of getting yeah. rid of one, I'm going to save up for a, for a jet ski. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take me uh, two days. Oh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. But uh, that's cool. When do you guys move? When do you move? Uh, our official moving day is the 23rd, but we have Keegan's place until the 1st. Oh, so I'm okay. just going to spend that week moving stuff in. <clears throat> Here's a question. Have you guys <clears throat> fully uh, finished moving into your place? Are there still boxes in your house somewhere from when you moved in that you haven't actually dealt with yet? So there are always boxes of, like, the the real personal but, like, non-utilized things right so like the but i'm talking about like they don't have a place there in a box as in they have not been moved out yet um moved into the house there's probably a box at least yeah sure sure yeah moving sucks i mean it's if you're think if, if you really think about it you want to keep as much boxed up as possible for the move a year after you move in if you're not planning on staying somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah, you were planning on staying, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. You, know, but you never really know, you know. So Wait, you just got to plan for all you, scenarios. Why do you, get why do you have stuff that you're friend? not using? Why, why aren't you unpacking things? Like you should just be, you should have things that you use, right? Ideally, because there's stuff that you don't use that you want. I mean, so just think about like uh, pictures. Why would pictures, you not put pictures out? You, it's yeah, so easy you, you to you put use, pictures those out. Are used for decoration. Well, I mean, what if you I have a bunch of picture albums? I'm not just going to put those on the coffee table. Well, no, you put them in a bookshelf or something. Yeah. Yeah, but then you have to buy a bookshelf and hey, it gets put on the back burner. Some people already have bookshelves and they just move the bookshelves and then put the well, books back on Those people probably have two apartments that they're renting in separate cities because yeah. of all their money. <laughs> <laughs> Busted. <laughs> think, 
I mean, uh, Daniel, give me an example of something you own that you don't use. What do you mean? Like I own and I, I never use it or something I use right. rarely? You, so you have it, you like it, you want it, but you don't use it. Your flight sim stuff. Uh, yeah, I still have flight sim stuff. I used to use it. Uh, I have a bunch of GoPro stuff and mounts and harnesses and all that jazz. And I haven't used that in probably a couple years, but I still have it. But I, I can't say that there's anything that I have purchased and then have never used and I just have it. That's fair. That would be preposterous. Well, I do like right now, I, I'm looking around my room here. Mm-hmm. There's a cutting board hanging from a hook near the ceiling that I am sure has never seen use. <laughs> it is well, simply you, there. I feel, like, I don't I know feel why. like there should be some sort of explanation for why you're, you're, you're hanging a cutting board from your ceiling. Well, let's not get into that. What uh, what is is your bedroom like uh, inspired by decorations at William Sonoma or something? We're, <laughs> we're, it's it's in case uh, you know in case I need to chop something on the go, or in a your pot. room. Yeah. <laughs> what are yeah. you, you're like, man, I got this. I got this cantaloupe that I just really want right now. I accidentally carried it into my bedroom. Good thing I have my trusty yeah. ceiling cutting board here, and I can just tack 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 tack. <clears throat> it's more against the wall than against the ceiling. Hmm. That's an example. That's one example. Right. I mean, yeah. I've got a ton of old garbage that's hard to get rid of in my garage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- some things are hard to get rid of. Yeah. How do you get rid of like a recliner? You have to wait for a specific day or take it with a truck to the dump. Right. Right. Or find someone who wants it. It's kind of like buying a large piece of furniture. You better use it. Or you're just buying an obligation. Mm-hmm. How I do mean, you get rid of a uh, hundred two by two pieces of foam that used to line <laughs> every part of your wall? That is a good question. <laughs> you find a dumpster behind a Walmart and drive it over there and throw it in. See uh, that? I mean, some would say yeah. that's an unscrupulous way of. of I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm with you 100 percent on that. But how do you throw a recliner in a dumpster? What do you? Mr. Universe. <laughs> yeah, you and your you and your closest <laughs> friend or partner in crime throw it in the back of your vehicle and then drive it to a dumpster and throw it in. I mean, basically, what you're saying is, <clears throat> you just dump it. Just, yeah, just throw it well, somewhere. Well, why not? Or you just put a free ad on Craigslist or something. I don't that's know. That's true. Yeah, that's that's a good way. Yeah, just say, hey, it's free if you come pick it up. Boom, done. Mm. Don't look under the cushions. Yeah. Well, you can't because they kind of stick to the couch. Yeah. So, Do you own a black light? No? All right. This is the recliner for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you do own a black light, please feel free to come pick up this artistically designed couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's for use at raves and such. Jackson Pollock inspired design. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I do, I do like that about now owning a pickup is that before having a smaller vehicle and I'm like, damn, what am I going to do with this recliner? You're like, shit, I, if I want to do something on my own, I have to have a vehicle to put it in and I can't because I have something small. But now it's just like throw it in the back. Boom. And I can just take it to a dumpster, find a, a dumpster. There's dumpsters all over the place. Boom. Solution. I got solution sauce for any problem. Okay. Pro- <laughs> new problem. The owner of the dumpster comes out and says, hey. What do you do? do you I take speed it back off. out of the dumpster. I speed part? off. Jeez. I don't care. Get that back out of there. I said it's this, already in. I say I it's apologize. It's already gone beyond the pale of the dumpster, beyond yeah. the event horizon of the dumpster. Nothing yes. comes yeah. back exactly. there. <laughs> exactly. Get that exactly. Recliner out of my dumpster. Sir. You you apologize <laughs> quickly and aggressively as you're getting back into your vehicle. Aggressively. Away. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm but sorry. I'm leaving. I'm sorry. It's I'm you, sorry. It's your problem now. Yeah. No shame. This is how That's it had fair. to be. You should just always go to... Uh, Fate brought me to this dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> you should just cruise down through neighborhoods that are uh, that have uh, houses that are getting renovated or being cleaned out because they always have those huge, like, four-ton dumpsters. Yeah, the construction the dumpsters. Long blue ones. Or a yeah. new apartment complex that's going up somewhere around town, which is mm-hmm. always... But that's not... Boom. That's pretty... That's, that's not inconspicuous... I mean, yeah, you're, if you're like, that's the that's the go-to dumpster. I mean, you know nothing's I mean? nothing is suspicious if nobody sees it. 
what we're describing is the struggle of ha- of finishing like a bottled drink on the street and there's not a trash can around. What do you do? You just carry you, it until you see a trash can. you hold can. it in your hand? For, I, for potentially 30 minutes or more? That's you your burden. Your you shouldn't Wait, have gotten something to drink. Do you put it in your uh, backpack? I'm conflicted on being a bad person and going <laughs> along with this joke or just I mean, answering no, truth. The alternative is to drop it on the ground and thus be, uh, reveal yourself as a li- litterer, and at least in this case, right? That's the alternative. It just better but, not I mean, be in Texas. If I find out that you're littering in this great state of ours and you're messing with Texas... $500 fine. What if you're eating like a DiGiorno pizza? That's a big piece of trash. On the street? Carry. <laughs> like a Lunchable or something. <laughs> wait, I'll go back to the DiGiorno pizza. How did the <laughs> oh, wait, are you telling me that you're just eat, you're letting your DiGiorno pizzas thaw out and then you're you carrying them for adventures on the street? You're eating an uncooked raw did pizza. You, did you, well, is it, is it that or did you put it on the hood of a car in the Texas summer heat and let it cook? I bring it to the like the microwave that they have at like coffee shops, and I heat it up slice <laughs> you by You microwave an entire <laughs> family size pizza. You microwave a large you... pizza and a free microwave at a, a tiny microwave at a coffee shop. For the fourth time, you come up to the counter with a single slice of pizza. Can you warm this up? <laughs> <laughs> We're halfway done. So yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like it sounds like you're going to be carrying a DiGiorno pizza box down South Congress for a while. Well, if you're at the coffee shop, you just throw it away at the coffee shop, or in the dumpster yeah. behind the coffee shop, along with your recliner. Or you just leave it on the floor at the coffee shop. <laughs> this is not. This is no longer my problem. With a with an apologizing sticky note attached to it. Mm. Just That's, says. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I was hungry. If you don't care what people think about you, you can do whatever you want. That's true. Because that's yeah. not against the law. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's very true. Can you litter on private property? You definitely can. That was a... Sorry. I had to work I mean, that one out out uh, loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go test it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no lawyer, but... Do you mind if I leave this DiGiorno pizza box here on your porch? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is this... Where's the public and private property line here? Hmm. Is it right there? I'm going to just nudge it across. Well, there's a whole lot more private property than public property. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So you, you could just throw... You just frisbee that pizza box <laughs> down the street. It's bound I mean, to land on private property. Honestly, what yours... Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Littering on public property, I might argue, is much worse because that means you're littering like in a national park or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a pretty steep fine in comparison. Yeah, aim yeah. for private property. If you, if, <laughs> for sure. If you, if you're right on the well, line and you throw that bitch, <laughs> try yeah, to get it to curve into the private zone. Walter White, that DiGiorno box, if you can, land it <laughs> on top of the house. Oh. Uh. <clears throat> Well, this is good. Anywho, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. good. No, really great. <laughs> this is yeah. You, this is beautiful audio. <laughs> I can't wait for people to hear this. <clears throat> My segment was going to be about garbage, anyways. <laughs> this is a good. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you do with your pizza boxes? Do you just stuff them in the trash can vertically and leave your roommates to sort of like place things around them? What? Yes. Yeah, you fold it when down. You, you fold no, it. When you, you have fold a, it down. When you have a pizza box and you're you finished your pizza, you go to your garbage can, which I assume is oriented vertically, <laughs> and you <laughs> stuff it down in there. But now it has segmented your trash can in such a way where there's sort of a platform on top with two smaller trash cans on either side. Mm-hmm. Oh, I usually yeah. just I fill up my trash can and then make it at the cap. I put it at you the put top. it on top. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, <clears throat> you could stack them separately and then put them in the bag once the bag is removed and become amorphous. And I mean, or you could take them directly out to your curb trash, I suppose. This is the secret labor that every pizza <laughs> <laughs> orderer has to go through at the end that no one wants to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> What's the etiquette here? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I don't. I don't know. 
honest. Uh, I mean, no one wants to tear apart a pizza a box a pizza box. No, like, no, no, no. Piece you, by, what by you flat. do is you you keep but. on doing your thing, man. You put it right down the middle, and then you impose <laughs> you impose a new rule, <laughs> in that a certain type of trash can go on one side, and a certain type of trash has to go on the other. You've now I mean, you've now you further organized. Your trash you, you've segmented your trash and further organized it for your household. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Banana peels on the right, everything else on the left. I mean, here's a. These have the most lopsided bag of trash ever. What what it determines what's appropriate for a trash can and what's not. So, I uh, my roommate recently moved in. I had a new roommate, and as she was moving in, she's getting rid of one of her lamps. And it's a lamp you set on a table. It's just a normal size lamp. It's maybe like two feet tall. And she brought it out to the curb, and she set it next to our very large trash can out by the curb because it's a piece of furniture. Mm -hmm. So with furniture, you set it next to the trash can. You don't put it in the trash can. And I thought, that'll definitely fit in that trash can. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would even have fit in our trash can inside before, like in the trash bag. Oh, right. So why don't you just take the lamp? And put it in the trash can like you would put like your grape stems and, well, and packaging me, and stuff. <clears throat> let me ask you this: Did the lamp no longer work? Maybe uh, she was thinking that know. someone would come pick it up. Yeah, she could have donated like it a, too. A passerby. Tax well, write-off. I definitely picked it up and put it in the <laughs> as a test. Well, you, you solved that. I problem. just wanted to see if anything bad, like the garbage guys might come through and look in the trash, and be like, "This doesn't go in here," and put it back out. on the curb. Yeah, mm. bring it back out. That's fair. I don't think that's what happens. I think it's automated. I've never actually seen our garbage men do their thing. They're quiet and speedy. Mm. Is it a size thing? Is it if it's too big, it won't go? Even if it'll fit, you can't put it in the trash can. Mm. I think you're on to something about the furniture. If, if it's, it's furn- if it's something usable, mm-hmm. that's okay. So I, would, I would think because <clears throat> even like... Uh, a bookcase, right, could be put technically into the into the trash can. Into a dumpster, but it or into a dumpster. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I was saying like disassembled. You could probably fit it into it. How would you get rid of <clears throat> five hundred marbles? <laughs> I, I'm raising my hand. I have an idea. Uh, Daniel, go for it. <laughs> okay, you if put you them had, all in a bucket. Okay, and you get up somewhere high. Right. <laughs> Wait, okay. <laughs> and then I'm hesitantly with you. Yeah, okay, and then let me just preface they're clean marbles. They're they're relative brand new, uh-huh. really. And you have them. Uh-huh. You need to get rid of them. How do uh-huh. you get rid of let's change let's say five thousand marbles. Can you uh-huh. can you pay me hold on, can we <laughs> I want to interject real quick. Can you pay me this uh, beautiful fantasy that you've concocted a backstory for? Like, can you just like give me a reason why this person bought five hundred marbles? They're brand new no, and they he were, doesn't want them anymore. They were given. You were sale on Amazon. Yeah. Mm. Right. It was. It was. It came with another item. They said you. <clears throat> you know, buy so, our jet ski. It comes with five thousand <laughs> marbles. <laughs> and, and he calls in. He says, "Can I just get the?" Uh, this jet ski and no they're like oh no sorry the whole thing's already shipped and the, it's the, on its way. the twist is this is their way of getting rid of the 5,000 marbles <laughs> oh, it's like a package deal see that would have been a great answer that would have been a great to your answer. question you sell your, you jet, sell your ski jet ski and, and force them to take it <laughs> in the fine print you put includes 500 marbles <laughs> 5,000 marbles <laughs> You, <laughs> what are you, they for? I mean, is it something like I'm a new jet ski owner? Do I need to know what to do with these? Yeah. No. <laughs> here's here's what you do. Here's what you do. That old recliner that you have that you were gonna throw in the dumpster, you sell it on Craigslist for free to somebody who needs to get rid of their marbles, and they just take all the stuffing out, cut it open, and put all the five thousand marbles inside the the oh fabric of make this, like a bean, uh, the world's least comfortable beanbag yeah chair. yeah yeah <laughs> most lethal bean ooh, bag. ooh ooh uh is a uh marble's roughly Heaviest the size of a paintball bag. isn't it 
I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Dep- I mean, marbles come in different sizes. Wait, is that what you're thinking? I mean, what do you? Uh, what's your, what? It doesn't necessarily have to be a weapon. It could just be like you're shooting them <laughs> into the ocean. <laughs> oh my well, god. I mean, no, this is this is one of those things that. <laughs> just if you if you you're, you're 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 30 miles out at sea and you have just a ton of co2 canisters and you're just loading them into a paintball gun and just all your friends are pulling out their fishing poles you're like i got something for you you're just like shooting everything in the ocean i i think it's similar to if you have if you have like a really really big fart lined up if you let it all go at once, people are going to notice. But if you sort of space it out, so if you Ooh, get rid of like nice. 10 marbles per day, like mm-hmm. just make it part of your routine. You say, all right, I'm going to go to work. I got to put 10 marbles in my pocket. Now that's minus 10. And event throughout the day, I'll just place them wherever, throw them out my window, etc. Uh, you're if only you doing 10 a, guy, a day? If you, okay, well, maybe that's, a, maybe that's too many. Maybe it's too suspicious. No, 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 no. That's not enough. No, yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. doing forty. That, 50, that's only five hundred days. Sixty a day. <laughs> I'm sixty doing, a day. You can't leave sixty marbles somewhere. That's dude, too much. I'm losing. People will be like, "That guy's losing his marbles." I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving four or five on the table after lunch. I'm leaving five or six in my friend's car. I'm doing. Yeah. No, that, I'm doing, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm dropping smart, ten but, on the floor as I'm walking you, through work. How do you carry them? Are they in your bat- pockets? You don't need to know that. That's for me and God to know. <laughs> but there's marbles showing up wherever. It's like, it's like, uh, uh, what's the, what's the one where they leave the breadcrumb trail? Fucking Hansel and I'm Gretel. Moving, Hansel and Gretel. I'm Hansel and Gretel in my way through the day, man. You can find me from my house based on where all the marbles are. Oh my God. Uh, and your goal is to exhaust your marble supply. Dude, I'm going through five thousand marbles in three weeks. I oh, that just seems unrealistic. Okay, <laughs> three weeks. That's uh, what. Wait, but the catch is that uh, no one, no one. You're, it's supposed to be un, un, not suspicious, right? So Dude, do you no know how many you could, you could guy. if you if you put one out the window of your car every five seconds? Do you know how fast you can get rid of marbles? <laughs> oh my God. Daniel, just so you know, th- uh, three weeks. It's it's about twenty days, which means you're getting rid of about two hundred and fifty marbles a day. Done. I think that's a tall order. That is an extremely so. tall yeah. order. I think you're doubting me. I think I'm. I could get rid of 500 marbles in a day, easy. You're you're grossly you, underestimating the, my my abilities. The limitation of the question makes you have to be anonymous. You cannot be referred to as the marble guy at the end of this social experiment. That's fine. You know, I think you might be able to fit. <laughs> Maybe like two or three thousand in your curbside garbage can. You could just get rid of a large chunk that. Dude, way. I'm telling you, you guys are you oh, got ten a day, ten a day. A, you're you like you're you're enjoying this. Garbage, man. Could you imagine the garbage truck coming over and trying to pick up your garbage can full of marbles <laughs> and it tips <laughs> over? The truck tips over. It's it's trying to pick it up and it's just leveraging the whole truck. Yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> the trash can picks up the garbage truck. It's so heavy. Okay, so uh, I was uh I was cleaning out the extra room for our new roommate, and um at some point during m- my life I had bought four fifty pound bags of cat litter to use as weights. I didn't need the litter. I didn't want the litter. <laughs> I just it was what was available to me. I needed it to weigh down a temporary soccer goal, and so I had them still. And as I was cleaning this room out, it was the last thing I had to do. I'm like, what the fuck do I do (laughs) with these 50-pound bags of cat food? And I decided to just put them in the trash. So (laughs) they were just unopened, huge bags, one at a time, out in the curbside trash can. And, um, I mean, that's only 200 pounds. I imagine thousands of marbles weigh even more than that. I would think so, yeah. That's yeah, a, a lot of weight. <clears throat> I don't know how. I mean, the garbage men appeared to have no trouble because the trash can was empty as it should have been on trash day. Did you put them in a? You put them in a bag, then you put them in the. Nope, straight in the can. Really? Four fifty-pound bags of cat litter. Oh my god! 
Yeah. Dude, they must have like stopped by and then they noticed the strain on the garbage truck. It's like, is it trying to like grab this thing and lift it? And they're like, there's got to be a body in there. I don't know. I mean, you don't think that a garbage truck is designed to carry at least 200 pounds of trash? Uh, no, but I mean, I like, I feel like, arm. I feel like the workers, like the guys that are, that are like, they see this thing going all day. And if it's picking up 40 pounds, 40 pounds, 40 pounds, and it's like 200 pounds, they're like, that one was different. There was a body in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Your house, your house has been flagged. Potential body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, there are lots of things that weigh that much. Okay, not just human bodies. True, but who who's producing two hundred pounds of trash in a normal residence? That's a lot of trash. Like, think about how much a normal trash bag weighs. Five pounds. You throw. Well, well I don't know. There's a lot of marbles in mine. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're getting rid of your marbles the wrong way. I'm going on like. I'm taking an hour every evening to drive through the countryside, and every time there's no cars around me, I'm throwing handfuls of marbles out the window. <laughs> I'm I'm probably going to the elementary school and trying to sell them to kids. Dude, oh, dude, if it, nah, but you're, then you you're become doing the marble guy. It's all wrong. You got, but yeah, but you gotta then be, I'm, you got to be rich. more reckless with them, dude. If this was an Olympic sport, I'm winning it. If there's an Olympic <laughs> sport, and it's how fast can you get rid of five thousand marbles? You gotta believe I'm I'm taking home gold. I'm placing. I'm I'm getting a bronze at least. <sighs> okay, I believe you. <clears throat> I know I that's mean, the I worst part. <laughs> Competitive marble. What's Disposal. the word? Ejector. Disposal? Yeah. Competitive, Competitive marble, marble elimination. <laughs> Competitive marble death match. <laughs> well, that's when the paintball gun comes into effect. No. Oh. That's horrifying. I don't think you'd kill anybody, but you would definitely ruin somebody's day. A, a marble out of a paintball gun? You don't think you'd kill somebody, Daniel? Are you kidding me? It depends on where you hit them. Yeah, it would be, it would oh, be bad. It would be bad. <laughs> Yeah, and at least I mean marbles. Somebody wants marbles, right? Because they keep Not making them. Five thousand. Yeah. So somebody them. wants them. Yeah. I mean, they have a purpose, I assume. Yeah, it's because it's because people are getting rid of them. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I, things like that are strange to me. Like things that are like clearly permanent. That I mean, like, how long would it take a marble to decompose in yeah, why, space and time? They don't need time? to make any more marbles. They've made enough yeah. marbles forever. Yeah. Just get the marbles that people don't want anymore. Yeah, except people are throwing them. them in the trash. Dude, I, I, like, I wonder how many things are in landfills that are just straight up always going to be there for the rest of time. That's uh, crazy. It's depressing to think about. <laughs> yeah. 2,000 years from now, the winds are blowing over this giant dusty mountain, exposing lamps and marbles and... and Plastic baby dolls. Plastic baby dolls and medals and, those, and the, Twinkies the plastic, and the just things that are just rings. undestroyable. Yeah. It's, and that's it's, the, yeah, that's the problem, right? That's, it's beautiful, though. The way the sun shimmers through the post-apocalyptic air and hits the marbles. <laughs> have, you, have you ever considered just... I say, how old are you, Daniel? 22. Right. Okay, so in your, in your 22 years... Um, <laughs> what's funny <laughs> just think about your personal trash cost as a person mm -hmm. how much trash have you as a person created now that's not to say you've been manufacturing like packaging and stuff but <clears throat> I mean it's pro I mean I, I don't even know how to estimate that I don't even know how to think about it but my thought is a lot and I I'm only one person. Mm. And uh oh, Daniel, you froze. Uh oh. Okay. Hey. Hey, are you guys there? Yeah. You got me? Yeah. All right. We're good. So, Mr. Jeff Buckley, the man, the legend, the musician. The, yeah, that guy. The Threes. pretty boy. <clears throat> the James Franco lookalike. Known for his uh, original cover of hallelujah yeah <laughs> i mean it was an original cover that's actually very good because he he sang different verses than leonard cohen leonard cohen actually wrote over 80 verses to the song hallelujah aha uh -huh. <laughs> and An uh, interesting take on songwriting and it was either rufus wainwright or john kale i don't remember which one i think it was rufus who when 
he decided to cover Hallelujah, discovered that Leonard had done that many um, by asking Leonard, like, hey, can you send over uh, what you've got for that song? Because I don't have all your verses. And he, his fax machine overran, like, the, oh, all wow. the paper that was coming out of it just, like, spilled out onto the floor. So what we're seeing is the best of the best. How many verses are in that song? Five? I think so. Six, maybe? Something like that. I wonder what the worst one's like. Dude, I was just thinking the same thing. I was just <laughs> I really, thinking this. I was like, I want to know what the worst one is. I can't believe we should do a segment on that. Like all the verses. <laughs> Hallelujah. If, if he starts with the best, I think, I think the first verse is the best. In my opinion, it's very clever. Yeah. Um. Well, there's there's the, um, you play the secret chord that pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? That's that's my favorite verse. I don't right. think that's yeah, the one. Yeah, that, that's the okay. first verse. Yeah, he yeah. says, um, God, what, how did this start? There was a time. No, no. there was a time you let me know. That's a different one. Um, oh, God, come on. Come on, brain. <laughs> wow. Um, Daniel, feel free to step in wow, here. Wow, 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 wow. Um, I'm just going to fill with lots of vowels. Secret, secret chord, chord. That's it. chord that David played, and it, and pleased, it pleased the, the Lord. Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Addressing, pres- I think... The object of his affection being unimpressed with his talents right and it um, goes like this and it goes fourth. like this the fourth the fifth which are musical terms mm-hmm. the major fall and the, the minor, minor lift. lift no it's the other way around the minor the, <laughs> minor. the minor fall and the major lift you're right yeah that makes way more sense <laughs> um the minor fall and the major lift because minor is a, a generally a darker sound and major is generally a happier sound so you'd be uplifted by major and Right. kind of fall with the minor so Very clever this is the only and i'm sure it exists somewhere else too but it's the only s- lyric i've ever heard that actively describes the musical process that it is it's it's describing itself while he's singing he's describing it's self-aware he's, yeah it's sort of when i like dictate a song i'm writing to somebody i say all right it's b minor and now <laughs> it's g it's sort of like yeah. that, but he's like just describing it in better, in more <clears throat> descriptive terms. Yeah. While he's, and then the baffled king composing Hallelujah. I don't care about that part. It's mostly the emotion in the line. You don't really care for music, do you? It's really conversational, but at the same time, that line and the way it's sung. Yeah. It's has a lot of emotional value. It does. And I think he recognized that when he decided to cover it. I think that's why it gave people chills whenever he played it. That's why it ended up on the yeah. on the record. On Shrek. It's why he, he played <laughs> that's why it on it ended Shrek. up on Shrek. That's <laughs> 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 oh. um, okay, I mean, let's be honest. When is the first time you heard the song Hallelujah? It, it, I think it was Shrek. It was Shrek. I, I absolutely believe it's that. It's the scene where Fiona decides to... to Marry... Uh, Right, Farquaad. Farquaad. Lord Farquaad. Yeah. And Shrek is, is he's he's rude to her in in that sort of way that you're rude to your dog that needs to run away. Like, don't you see we can't you just well, you're stupid, I hate you and Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. It's the way it's rude he's rude in the way that Sam is rude to Diane in Cheers. It's like I care for you and I I'm afraid to show it. Or when Arya is getting rid of Nymeria because Nymeria will be killed by Queen Cersei. Mm-hmm. Daniel, where's your reference? Come on, hurry. That's got to be Game of Thrones. That's not what we're asking. Yeah, anyways. So, I was going to talk about I don't have a reference for it. I was going to talk about this book. Uh, Jeff Buckley from Hallelujah to The Last Goodbye by Dave Laurie, who was Jeff's manager when he was alive on his uh, musical uh, progression in life from when he from actually right after he released uh, Live in Sine or Sine which was his first EP all the way up until uh, his death and he had not talked about it at all for 20 years because I think Jeff died in 97 and yeah it was like 21 years so this book came out late last year and uh, it's just very anecdotal and it's it's told from his lens and from the people that he surrounded himself, uh, he uses their their interviews and you know their uh, 
little tidbits of information and, and other <laughs> and other uh, other aspects of of their lives to kind of fill in the the pieces. Hmm. Um, and it's really interesting. I don't know. As, as someone who discovered Jeff Buckley on their own, like long ago, it was really cool to see, or I guess just to read all the other little pieces that were missing. Because there's a lot of there were a lot of questions for me of like why he, <clears throat> why he only came out w- with one album when he was alive, mm-hmm. um, why it took you know three years for his next album to, y- y- you know even be partially completed because it wasn't completed um like his mental state at the end and uh how he was discovered and all this other stuff and i mean some of that was on the internet but a lot of it the the specifics were lost or just untold uh-huh. and he goes through a lot of that and it's really cool huh um also there was there were there speak like anecdotally there were just it was a a, a plethora of real like diamonds in the rough like for instance my favorite unreleased song that he only played live um of his was called what will you say and Mm -hmm. it has this like eastern melody that he plays in open g and a really powerful heartfelt uh vocal delivery that uh focuses on his parents um and his disapproval of his parents and their disapproval of him um which resonated i was like oh yeah okay you know i've got daddy issues too <laughs> you know whatever uh-huh. but uh i found out that he didn't even write that song it's actually a cover from his friend named chris dowd from fishbone huh which i didn't know that he was even friends with that guy let alone they wrote like songs and stuff together huh um so that was really cool to find out um i also found out that he uh I was friends with this guy named Glenn Hansard. I don't know if you guys know of him at all. I but, don't. Uh, have you ever heard of Once, the musical? Uh, no, I or haven't. The, or the Swell Season, the band. <laughs> 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 yeah, he was in uh, the Swell Season, which got kind of big in like the early to mid-2000s. They came out with a movie called Once that was based off or either was based off or was turned into a musical called once as well as like a broadway musical but um it was huh. him and this lady named marquette iglova and they did a, a duo band thing that was really cool but anyways i found i knew of him completely separately from buckley and found out through the book that he uh he kind of like helped discover jeff um jeff actually guitar teched for him while he was in a different band called the commitments and they went to New York together to do some uh, some press for the tour that, that the commitments were doing. Mm-hmm. And they stumbled into this shop, um, this coffee shop called Chenet, um, where Glenn was asked to do a little performance. And so he did, and Jeff came with him because that's what Jeff's you know job was. And Jeff went on stage during one of the songs. It was like a, a Van Morrison song or something that Jeff knew. And he sang the second verse of it and went on this crazy vocal solo. And I guess Glenn had never heard him sing before. And he said that people were coming in from, you know, off the streets, just like, what the fuck is that? You know, and then the waitresses and everything were like guffawing at him and just they were, you know, head over heels, falling in love at sight, you know, first sight. And uh, I guess one of them actually uh, spoke so highly of him that they offered him a job as a dishwasher. And he's just like, I think this is my thing now. Because of his singing voice? Yeah, they just wanted him around because <laughs> it was like, it was an artsy community, you know? They they knew that he was touring. They wanted him to have a reason to stay and not leave New York. Well, what better way to tempt somebody than with than a dishwasher <laughs> job offer? He um, sounds beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have him clean our dishes. <laughs> but he... Uh, <laughs> I mean, whatever they, whatever sweet talking she did, it worked because he he stayed and he decided to like, basically, do like a residency spot there and play three or four times a week for a long time, months huh. or a year or something. But that was the place that he cut his first EP from, his live EP. That's pretty cool. Um, he so went, yeah, he went back to where it all started, sort of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the lesson here is, if you if you have talent, show off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and don't accept the first job that comes your way. 
No, or, he, or he, he did accept yeah. it. He accepted the dishwashing job. Yeah, I do accept it. Cause oh, it he did? To, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He stayed and he he dishwashed for a little bit, and then he, he did a bunch of other odd jobs. But he that was his opening to playing at Chennai long term. Huh. Yeah. Do you think he could have just, hey, can I just play here? You gotta <laughs> no, you got to work here first. You got to wash the dishes. Dude. That's what all the major acts, they come and they wash dishes. What do you think? That they just show up? That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is where Roy Orbison worked when he started get. He was washing dishes here. You think Robert Plant just walked in with Led Zeppelin? No. He, he, he bust all, the tables. He brought it to the back. In between verses. <laughs> but, um... I, I guess for people, I, I just assume because you guys are my friends and you, I'm sure I've pawned off Jeff Buckley on you at least, definitely multiple times, just like, hey, you need to listen to this or whatever. So you're aware of him musically at some level, but for the people who aren't, <clears throat> he's known for his voice and his vocal range and control um, before anything else. His crazy vibrato and his, you know, sweeping falsetto. But uh, he would he would cover like, Nina Simone and uh, Nusrat Fatel Ali Khan, who's like a Pakistani singer at the time. And then he would cover like Led Zeppelin and uh, Van Morrison and Bob Dylan and just like a crazy variety of, of artists and a very eclectic range. And I think that was part of what, what got him some recognition early on. But anyways, there was huh. a... The book covers all of that and way, way, way more. I really liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, and it, the the cooler thing to me was getting to know the people that were around him uh, through this guy, Dave Laurie, um, you know, his his storytelling. So, yeah. Huh. Well, <clears throat> I mean, that's why people read biographies, right? Because we only know the things about I mean, somebody who's a celebrity, um, especially now, their public image is somewhat curated, and we only know the things about them that are revealed to us on purpose, mm -hmm. or perhaps by, you know, somewhat unscrupulously by paparazzi or, mm -hmm. or gossip columns, that, but I mean, none of that is, in my eyes, that's not substantive. I can't base my opinion on that. Right. Um, or public appearances, which I imagine are... I mean, it's it's fun to think about. Hey, what are these people that I see in movies? What are they like? Yeah, do people like them? That's why I find it interesting to read about that sort of thing on the internet. But once again, that's taken with a grain of salt because you can rub somebody the wrong way on a bad day, and then they can go around and spread forever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sean Connery's a real dickhead. Yeah. Well, you could you could rub somebody the wrong way. Or you could just show up in public and do the wrong thing because you're feeling bad that day. You know what I mean? Like, it, to shine a light on someone for it, you know, the rest of their life based on like two minutes of film, is irresponsible. But it's it's impulsive. You know, you're gonna or it's compulsive. Like people just hop on that shit. That's how memes but, and stuff. Are. Um, and, yeah. and in this case, you're um, taking the word of somebody who knew him personally, exactly, and intimately. So. <laughs> I mean, but the, but he might be leaving out all the bad parts. Sure, exactly, and that's that's one thing that I really that's <clears throat> that's something that I struggled with when I first started reading this because it is it's like I said through his lens, but he does get all these people to sign off on it, so that's the cool thing. So I know that Glenn Hansard, Steve Berkowitz, Chris Dowd, Gary Lucas, George Stein, Mary Sir, Andy Wallace, like all these people gave their permission to you or they gave their permission to him to use their stuff their side of it um and then they saw the final print before it was published so they were you know it has their stamp of approval too so it carried more merit than if it had just been from him which which gave me some confidence that i could trust the majority of it if that makes any sense yeah but and i imagine it's very rare to see a truly candid video or audio recording of a famous person. Mm. Yeah. Where they're not being, I mean, where they're, 
actually unaware. I mean, in order to experience this person in a casual setting, similar to how you'd experience somebody you meet anywhere, you have to be there. Yeah. Because I imagine if there's a camera or a microphone involved, they're acting differently. Yeah. Or that, maybe, or maybe they're not. But I mean, you, that, can, you can't have confidence in that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what gets some celebrities, some people in trouble, is when they're they're not necessarily great people, and they do that, and they reveal their their true colors, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he he was blessed that he lived in a time that you know didn't have vine or tinder or not tinder but like twitter and facebook and all this other stuff to track his every move you know he could right go and do his thing and not have to worry about it too much he also he floated under the limelight pretty much throughout his entire life except for like when he was in paris or he was in australia um where he was pretty pretty famous but like in the u.s he was he was a minor minor celebrity is um is there a chapter in the book that talks about shrek (laughs) (laughs) uh and his meteoric rise to fame due to the animated dreamworks film you know shrek shrek only came (laughs) out like a year or two after jeff buckley's death some some people say it's correlated some people think there's a connection there that shrek murdered jeff buckley no, did you even watch the movies? <laughs> <laughs> Shrek is an ogre with a heart of gold. He doesn't murder. Except uh, for all those, those dudes in the arena in that one scene, he killed all of them. Yeah. But I guess that's fine. Yeah. Or the dragon that he would have killed that ended up marrying his best friend. I don't think he killed the guys in the arena. I, I, I saw it recently within the last couple of months. I'd like to think he just knocked him out pretty good. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure he broke two dudes' necks at the same time. He definitely killed those guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he was he was uh, he was uh, part of the murdering of Farquad. I would say he was party to the murder. Wait, did Farquad die? Oh, I guess I guess Farquad didn't. He lives in the dragon's stomach now. Oh yeah, he gets eaten. Okay, he's dead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know the physiology of a dragon, but well, they, they're I, actually, I don't they imagine the inside they're, of its digestive tract. Their mobile tract Airbnbs. Is a happy place. It's actually quite cool. <laughs> they just everything they eat just stays in there. They yeah. say, "All right, I ate once. I'm good." And you know, it's always warm. <laughs> it's cozy for sure. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. <clears throat> it's always a fire. Well, it's the fireplace. Have either of you, have either of you ever met a celebrity in uh, a close personal setting? Yeah, through you, St. Vincent. Right, but you didn't talk to her. I did talk to her. Um, not not there. But, I will, so I talked to her outside. Wouldn't you describe that as a fan interaction? Yeah, oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I meant oh. more like a scenario where you're truly just hanging out with a celebrity. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Technically, a celebrity. um, A very minor celebrity again, but this guy named Ian McLoggin, who's no longer alive, but he was... um. He was the keyboardist of The Faces, which is a pretty famous band from back in like the 70s and 60s, uh, which had Rod Stewart and a bunch of other people in it. But um, we hung out backstage at a Michael Franti concert one time. My dad, Ian McCloggan, and these other two people. That was fun. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Or, um, that's cool. Was he nice? He was very nice, which was, I, I didn't know he was famous because of how normal he was acting. Um, let me think. Okay, well, here we go. You ready? Let's end. What's it? Okay, let's, let's all right, it. let's do it. Um, okay. Signing off. See you guys next week. I have a Lego set that I'm going to go build. Okay. Oh, good. So we'll talk about that next week. Yep. I'll, uh, I'll see you next week after I shave my beard and paste it to my arm. Ooh. Yep. Same. You're going to do the same for next week? Richie's beard, yeah. Next is <laughs> you each get a half. It's gonna be funny. No, I'm not talking to you, Alexa. Stop. <laughs> she always tries to get it on the podcast. I always say something, and then she's she's so clever.